0: Good morning, church, and welcome to part one of our brand new series, Family Matters. I'm so excited to be coming to you guys live from the Lawrence family home. They're a wonderful family in our church. Um, Linda works with our church, cleaning our church, and Alex volunteers with us, and they're just an amazing, amazing family. You might see some cats around. You might see some dogs around. They have a cute kid named Lily. It's going to be awesome, but I'm excited um, to be starting this new series, Family Matters, If you're young like me, and when I say Family Matters, you don't immediately recognize the 80s sitcom about this family and their annoying uh, neighbor named Urkel, don't worry. The series was really not going to touch on that show at all, except to use it as a placeholder um, to talk about the importance of family. So now as we get started, I just want to encourage you guys, wherever you're at, if you're watching on your TV, or if you're watching your computer, wherever you are, hop on our live chat, and I want you guys to tell me one simple thing. Tell me, what is special about your family? What is one thing that's special about your family? And this could be as complicated or as simple as you want. You could, you could tell us a story about how when you were seven, you lost your favorite purple unicorn toy and how your dad drove all the way to Calgary to pick it up because it's the last one in stock across the entire province. Or it could be something as simple as, well, your brother kind of stank, so he started wearing deodorant, and it, it, it was nice of him. Uh, whatever you want. Um, for me... I know my family has always been just an amazing support and, and just this amazing support system for me. They've always been so loving and caring. Um, my mom, she was the person who was always in charge of, uh, of the cooking and the cleaning and, and really making sure that our family survived. Um, which was really great. And she was also the person who really pushed me to be like physically active and to, to, to go deeper in my faith. And, and she was just such a great support. And then my dad, he was uh, he also helped out with those things where he could, but he was also the guy who was really into making sure we were safe. He was all about safety, ensuring our family stayed alive, which is kind of important, and also that our family had Fun. and some of my favorite mem- memories of my family is actually being able to go out, being able to go on vacations together. We travel all across Canada, and just this great, great opportunity to just spend time together as a family. But as great as my family is, and as much as I love my family, I do remember a point in my life where I didn't necessarily like them all that much. Um, and, and some of you can probably relate to you this. If you have a teenager in your house, or if you've ever been a teenager, you probably can relate. There's, it's just a period of your life where your family can't really do anything right, and you always somehow magically know better than them. And, and it's, it's, it's this crazy period because I remember when I was like 16, 17, 18, somehow. I had it in my head that I knew everything. And my parents, who were like 20, 30 years older than me, they had no idea what was going on in the world. Like Somehow I had all of the wisdom, and even though they were older and had life experience and knew actually knew stuff, I was still smarter than them. And I remember like I had this awesome family, but at the same time, as a teenager, I was so, so excited to be able to finally move out. And from a young, you see, from a young age, I, I felt called into ministry, and so I wanted to go to Bible college, and, and my parents supported me in this, and, and, and so we'd search for Bible college all across Ontario, where, where my family lives, and we couldn't really find anything, and I found this one in Edmonton here, where I, would, I just felt called to go to this, this school, and I was just so excited, and, and I didn't choose the school necessarily to get away from my family. But at the same time, as a teenager, I was super excited to be able to move out, to go several provinces away, to live on my own, and just kind of have that that. Freedom that comes with living on your own, and I, I was I was so excited. I remember um, getting out of high school, graduating. Summer comes by. I, I worked for a couple months, and and I started packing and getting ready. And I was so excited to be coming out to the school. And I remember uh, getting on a plane with my mom, and we flew out. And then I moved in to to this. Um, this house with some roommates, with people I'd never met. I was just super, super excited to be on my own. And then suddenly, my mom, she gets on a plane and she leaves, and I realized what that freedom actually meant. And it it came, uh, my plans of being free and being on my own came to a sudden screeching halt when I realized I missed my family. You see, i yearned for so many months, so many years even, to finally be free and to finally be able to do whatever I wanted. But when I finally came to that, got that freedom, I began to realize what that freedom meant. See, I moved out here and, and, and I, I wanted to be free and be able to do my own thing, spend money however I wanted, but that freedom, how that actually came to be was freedom to buy groceries not the fun groceries either, but the groceries that are cheap because, you know, first year Bible college student, you don't have a lot of money. Or I had the freedom to clean my house when when I felt like it, but still I had to do it. Or the freedom to do my laundry. Like, I could do it whenever I wanted, but freedom, the freedom I expected was very different from what I got. And I was struck by how much I missed my family. And during this time, I had friends. I had support, I had people, but I missed my family. Because the reality is that family is important. Family matters. See, family isn't something you can do for 18 years and then suddenly go out and be on your own and suddenly you're okay and you don't need them anymore. Family is something that is actually crucial to, to us and to our mental well-being. You see, when I was researching this message, I read this quote from um, a lady named Michelle Moline, and she said, Family is important to individuals because it provides benefits to your physical, emotional, and mental health. It provides personal stress relief, contributes to healthy diets, it helps regulate personal emotions, and the closeness actually helps people live longer. You see, all of this is to give a basic reason as to why family is important, as to why family matters. And because the reality is that we're not meant to do life alone. We're meant to do life together, to be in community. And this is why family is so crucial. But I think if we're being honest with ourselves, the reality is that very often, even though family is so crucial, we find ourselves distanced from our family. We find ourselves not being able to connect with our families or we're not close with our families. And sometimes this can be because, um, because of death in our family or sometimes this can be because of relational issues or abuse or, or different problems that can create a divide between us and our family. Or sometimes this can just be an issue, like for me, of just distance where being separated by hundreds or thousands of kilometers can actually make relationships more difficult. But all too often what happens when we get distanced from our family is that we start to try to do life alone. And sometimes it's not necessarily doing life completely on our own. We try to have friends or we try to have a significant other, but we are missing that crucial family connection that makes a difference. You know, there's this cool passage in Ecclesiastes 4, and it says, I saw vanity under the sun, The case of solitary individuals without sons or brothers, yet there is no end to all their toil, and their eyes are never satisfied with riches. For whom am I toiling, they ask, and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and unhappy business. See, the author in this chapter, he's saying, what is the point of living only for yourself? What is the point of fame or money or power or accomplishments if all you're doing is doing it for yourself? Because the reality is that we were never meant to do life alone because there is value in a family. But the reality is that I think we need to shift our perspective on what family actually means. See, when I was re- researching this message, I googled what like the definition of family. And by definition... According to the dictionary, a family is simply a, a group consisting of parents and children who live together in a household, which is really just like a medical definition of this is what a family is. But the re, because the reality is, I think that family isn't all about who you were born to or who blo- whose blood runs through your veins. I think family is actually about connection, who is there for you. Who loves you? Who is consistently by your side through thick and thin, always supporting you no matter what? You know, I read this quote that, from an unknown author and it said, family isn't always blood. It's the people in your life who want you in theirs, the ones who accept you for who you are, the ones who would do anything to see you smile and who will love you no matter what. And you see, that kind of family, that kind of family is important. It's crucial. You know, all too often, I think, us as Christians, we get this perspective of a self-centered gospel, that being saved, being in a relationship with Christ is all about just us and God. It's all about just me connecting with God or, 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 or my relationship with God. And obviously, we don't think that we can do it on our own. We, we know that we have to, there has to be faith. We have, we're saved through the sacrifice that Jesus made. But we, we get saved, and then we have this self-centered gospel of, hey, I don't need people around me. And it's crazy because the reality is that this isn't biblical. Well, throughout the Bible, we never see people like... Advertising, live on your own, be alone, do this by yourself, it's always talking about community, getting a family, finding a family to surround you. There's this quote by Pastor Irwin McManus who says that Jesus invites us into a community where imperfect people can find acceptance, love, forgiveness, and a new beginning. But eventually, though, that will require you ta- that you take a chance and see if God can really love you through people because it's not all about us, it's about community. And the reality is that the, the key to encountering love, the key to, to encountering, to finding who we are and growing in our relationship with God is first that we have that relationship with God, that we'd be re- rooted in a relationship with God, but second, that we'd be rooted in a relationship with a family. I read this quote by a psychologist and counselor, Rod Wilson, who said, when you're in a context where you're not loved or experiencing love, you quickly define yourself that way. Which is to say, essentially, that if you are not surrounded by people who will build you up and love you and support you and see you for who you are, see the value of who you are and who God made you to be, what happens is you start to default to believing lies about yourself. You start to think about yourself less than who you actually are. And he says this, self-image is usually just a quotation of others. You know, going back to the passage in Ecclesiastes, um, the author, he says, I saw vanity under the sun, the case of solitary individuals. Yet there's no end to all their toil and their eyes are never satisfied with riches. This also is vanity. This also is pointless. It's this cool passage because when we look at the context of ecclesiastes we find this book written from the perspective of solomon king solomon son of david the guy who god came to and was like hey i will give you anything just tell me what you want and he's like wisdom and he's widely considered in 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 the bible as being the wisest man to ever live and this guy he's saying hey doing life alone there's no point And there's some debate in scholarly circles as to the actual writer of of, of Ecclesiastes, and it's assumed that it's actually written by a pseudo-writer written in Solomon's name, working from her earlier writings from Solomon and essentially echoing Solomon's inner thoughts. But it's kind of cool reading the book, because throughout the book we constantly see Solomon, this guy with money, this guy with power, this guy with, with fame and acclaim and people looking up to him. He's constantly saying, everything is vanity. All money, money is pointless. Fame is pointless. Accomplishments is pointless. Everything he's built, he says, is pointless. And at different points in the in the book, he says the only things of work worth are in chapter three eleven. He says is happiness. In chapter three twenty two, it says is enjoyment of your own work. And then we come to chapter four, and he says that working alone is vanity. There is no point in it. Working for yourself to try and accomplish things if you're all by yourself is pointless. But then it's kind of cool because right after this passage, right at the end of this passage, we come to it in verse 9. It's, it's crazy because up until this point, Solomon is constantly hammering in the point of power is pointless, money is pointless, fame is pointless, accomplishments is pointless. And, but then he comes to verse 9. He says, but, but two are better than one. Remember the verse right before, working for yourself, there's no point in it. It's all vanity. Doing, thing, doing life on your own, it's all vanity. But two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift the other up. But woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one might prevail against another, two will withstand one. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. It's kind of crazy. Throughout this book, we see him tell us power is pointless, money is pointless, fame is pointless, doing life on your own is pointless, but having someone there for you, having a family, having people to support you and lift you up in your dark seasons, having people to help you out when life gets difficult, that's what matters. See, family matters. Community matters. You know, for me personally, going back to when I first moved out to Edmonton, I'd I was I, I'd moved away from my family to, to Edmonton, and, and I had friends, but I found that my first couple years of Bible college were really difficult because I had friends, but I didn't have a family. I didn't have people who I could rely on through anything to support me no matter what. And it wasn't until I actually came to Gateway and I joined the youth team that I began to find that family once more. And it was, it was crazy, especially like my first couple of years at Bible college, it was, uh, big family holidays like Thanksgiving and Easter were so difficult because my friends would just go off and, and, and go off to their own families, but then I was stuck on my own. But coming to Gateway, I, I had a family actually take me in and invite me in to their family for Thanksgiving and for Easter, and I just had people who would surround me and support me no matter what. You see, we call you the Gateway family almost every week. And it's not because we have this weird view of all of us being somehow magically related. That's not it at all. You see, rather, it's because we want to be a place where people can find love and acceptance. We want to be a place where people can find a family or they can find others who they can laugh with, uh, learn with, and grow together. We want to be a place where, where people who need a family can meet others and, and serve together and, and spend time together and, and grow uh, in community where, where there will be a, a group of people who will support one another and love one another no matter what. See, this is why we emphasize groups and teams at Gateway. It's not because we want to pat our numbers or because we believe that we need a million people to help us out. It's not because we want to not do work and make people do stuff for us for free. It's all about community. It's because we want people to get together. We want people to connect. We want people to grow. We want people to, to uh, to connect with one another and to grow into and develop family and community. We want to see people build relationships with others who will help them do life. Because we firmly believe that life is better together and family matters. So who is your family? Who do you have in your back pocket who is there for you, who will support you no matter what? Who do you have who who will love you unconditionally no matter what's going on in your life and will help you no matter what's going on in your life? See, if you don't have an answer, I want really want to push you, I want to encourage you to find that family. Find people who will be there for you. Find people who will support you, who will surround you, who you can do life with. You see, this doesn't have to be anything difficult. This can be as simple as joining one of our gateway groups. We have a brand new semester that's going to be launching in a couple weeks. Stay tuned next week for more details. But as simple as joining a group, testing something out, playing board games together or, or going through Bible studies together and, and just connecting with people. It can be as simple as, as um, ma- making some time, being intentional to connect with some friends you haven't seen. Play some board games together. Play some video games together. But just being intentional in those relationships. It can be as simple as joining a gateway team and, and serving with other people because serving together is actually a great way to connect with one another. Or it could be even just connecting with your family, calling, being intentional in those relationships that you already have, and being intentional to find a family. See, whatever finding a family might look like to you, it doesn't matter what the specifics are, but what matters is community, is being a community together, is building one another up, supporting one another, and finding that family, because we were never created to do life alone. So maybe it's time that we actually start to do life together. Father God, I thank you for each and every person who is watching this service right now for all of the amazing families and groups and communities that we have within Gateway God. I just pray that those relationships will continue to grow and flourish even as we are social distancing and distanced from one another. And God, I pray, especially right now, for people who are separated, people who don't have those communities, people who don't have those families and people to support them. And God, I pray that you will give them the courage and the strength to seek those people out, to seek out those connections that we won't be a church of individuals who just gather together to worship, but that we will be a church with smaller groups, communities gathering together, and that people will be able to find a home and find a family at Gateway. Pray this all in your name. Amen.